What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Orange Slices presented by Four Soccer Ventures. And it's been a couple weeks, Mark. The form continues at the club level, top of the table. We saw recently you played against our boy Sammy Vines for a, a top of the table clash that uh, gang came out on top. So how you doing, man? How, how's life out there? Bro, I'm doing good, man. You know, uh, I ended up getting my boy Sam's jersey. I got it somewhere around here, but yeah, it was good to catch up with him. But also even nicer, you know, even sweeter to to get three points on the day. Uh, climb top of the table, add a little separation with the rest of the pack. Also, the weather is not changing exactly, just so everyone knows. We are now sitting at about 72 degrees uh, for the next few days, uh, which is very strange for October because last time this year, I'm sorry, this time last year, I was sitting in a rainy, cold, dark room. <laughs> uh, empty yeah. apartment, I should say. Yeah, and it was, uh, yeah, it was not sunshining in 72. So, yeah, so that was much that, more COVID back then, too. Not to say it's oh, any oh. different COVID wise, but like the restrictions wise, it was like, uh, I mean, that that's a whole nother level of depression. Trust me, it was, uh, I think. We still had to to make reservations like days in advance for for food. So for me, I didn't feel like cooking either. So trying to get some takeaway, man. Takeaway was the key. Yeah, key to survive. So you know when I when I think about when I think about the fact that seventy two right now, all I imagine is like my you know almost six years in 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 Europe, and I think about the last bit of sun people are looking for down these cobblestone streets where those tables. <laughs> that are sitting outside of places are like following the sun as it moves, you know, and people are just like last few, last few beers on the terrace before they shut them all down. Is there still outdoor seating anywhere there right now? Or are people like prepping for, for, for winter? No, there's still a few outdoor seats. You can tell the the weather is changing a bit before this, this last few days, we were getting that like high thirties, you know, low forties type weather. So the evenings were getting a lot brisker. Uh, also a fun fact, Gank is, is the foundation or like ground level. So it gets a lot colder because it's like sand or something underneath the, the city. So yeah, something my girlfriend's coworker told her, but anyway, yeah, it gets a lot chillier here, man, especially in the evenings. And you still, you still see people sitting outside of restaurants, um, on those little tables, but they got on a jacket, a scarf, you know, they got a, a nice mug in their hand. You know, it's it's changing yeah. from beer to to maybe a nice tea uh, or yeah. you know a, a cappuccino, you know, in the evening. So don't try to tell me that. Don't don't try to tell me that your ultras are sitting having a tea before they come into the stadium <laughs> on the weekends. You know, just shift uh, to the I didn't tea say time the, of year. Look, the ultras are different. You know, the ultras are different. Like this hardcore beer. You know, the one thing I do appreciate about them is rain, sleet, snow, shine. They're gonna be shirtless. All right, there's gonna be shirtless guys out there screaming their heads off, and that respect, much love. <laughs> I will say this: of all my travels around the world, national team, club team, all these things, there's two things that would give me anxiety. Right? One, being left-handed, meal rooms. I like oh. right-handers just walk into a meal room or like a, and and less so on the circular tables, but when you have like the rectangular or the square tables that are longer where I need to sit so that I can comfortably eat being left-handed, right? And part two is when I was playing in Europe of just like, you go to a terrace with some friends after training, uh, you're going to get a coffee or whatever between training, something like that. And you got a, a table and you got an umbrella of where I strategically need to sit so that I can enjoy myself. And people, some people like the shade, some people like the sun. Those gave me anxiety all the time because I, like even, even a week ago, I was with, 
with the uh, took the family after our oldest soccer game to this like ter- like beer garden, and like it only only a quarter of the table was covered. And selfish me is like I'm going straight for that corner, like I'm going straight for that shaded corner because it's the only way that I can enjoy myself. And and other people care less. Some people care as much, but like that's that's you, you can see wh- where my anxieties live. It wasn't about performances, Mark. It was about like who who where can I find shade uh, at a table when we're out eating outside. Well, see, this is the stuff that people don't think about, you know, especially when you're left-handed. And I can I feel your pain. I feel your pain, man. When you're left-handed and you're sitting in an environment and it's like oh, I got all these righties, they just don't know what it's like. They don't know what it's like to pick up a fork with your left hand, you know. And just like really get into like, no, for me, I need that corner. I need the space, the elbow room to operate. I don't want to sit in the sun. So I got to sit myself now in a position where I can enjoy without sweating, you know, the the, the water that I'm drinking out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of stuff that you got to take into account as lefties. And, you know, shout out to all the lefties out there that, that feel this pain, you know, and that can relate. You know, we should make an R&B song about this because that's what it sounded like right now. These are the real problems, you know, these are real problems of, of anybody, universal problems, you know, that, that make uh, somebody like yourself, Mark, that, that uh, sitting on top of the table relatable to anybody in the world is, is these kinds <laughs> of things. Let's talk about the national team for, for, a, for a, actually, we'll talk about the lens of the national team through your club team. How many games left do we have until they decide the roster? How many games left until, uh, until the, I guess the, that would be, I don't know, sometime a few days after the roster, right? Something 13th, 14th, 15th of November, I'm guessing it is. So how many, yeah. how many games do you, do you have before that break? Will, will you finish right at the half, half season mark or is it all stacked on the back end? No, it's kind of stacked on the back end. So we have uh, Friday. So tomorrow night against Mechelen, Charleroi next mm-hmm. Friday. Then we have cup match on Tuesday. And then that'll take us to Anderlecht away. On the 13th, I believe, if I'm doing that correctly, I believe I got it right. So about four games left. 13th is our last game. And then we have another match post-World Cup. We have like a small training camp. And then we have a game on the 23rd of December. And then not an, another one for another two weeks until January 7th. So, yeah, it's kind of like stacked here. We've had a few midweek games now the last few weeks. Now we have, uh, I think, four games in the next two weeks. So. Yeah, it'll be important for us. Again, with the cup also being mixed in there, you want to do well in that and put yourself in position. Yeah, it's ultimately, I think, the next round will be at the end of December. So we'll play through Christmas. Uh, and that'll be the next round of the, the cup. So, yeah, you got important games coming up and also the importance of, of ending the, I guess, first half of the season, you know, the healthy. So that way you can put yourself in position to to, to be on that final roster, you know, on that flight to Qatar. Mm. Do you feel pressure? Do you feel... I mean, it's different, right? When you're playing well, you're playing well, and at least that eliminates some fears or insecurities inside of your head that are like, well, it's also arbitrary because the team's not doing well, and what like the team's doing well. You're a big part of that. Do you feel like that takes the edge off of pressure, or do you feel like you know uh, we know that a coach can come up with any reason they want, right? A coach or a staff, or they can justify anything they have to. That's their job is to figure out how they're going to navigate all these things. So does. Does that help with you or is it just sort of like not even thinking about the the, the national team right now and just trying to finish out strong or what, what, where's your head at? No, I think it's it's a bit of kind of both. You In the back of your head always, I mean, you're always thinking about like the World Cup is coming, the World Cup is coming. But when you start psyching yourself out to the point where now you've lost track of uh, the fact you have four games coming up, you know, and four important games that is too because 
for us, we're at the top of the table. We're unbeaten, I think, in our last 13 games. So every match we play is essentially a team trying to knock us off. And for us, we want to stay at the top and put ourselves in position for the second half of the year to to really like, yeah, assert ourselves as dominant, uh, not just uh, this fluky period. So again, I think that's kind of the mentality that I've tried to adopt is focusing like week by week rather so much than next month, you know, and what's coming. Of course, the World Cup's on my brain, don't get me wrong. But if I'm going to be at the World Cup and playing my best football and in form and fit and confident, then I got to make sure I put together four quality performances, you know, that are strong and assertive and showing, you know, and, and uh, saying, you know, to everyone why I should be there, you know, why I should be part of that, that final 26-man roster. So, yeah, I think there's yeah a little bit of tension always as any footballer looking forward to something as big as the World Cup. But yeah, I think you got to focus on the task at hand. And for me, man, that's, that's staying in the team, staying healthy, you know, and, and keeping keeping on track with with my individual performances as well. So, how many guys from Gank have the potential to go to a World Cup? You know, it's it's funny because last year during the qualification period, we lost maybe like thirteen players, you know, per window. So it was deep. But I think now uh, with Ito leaving, it's and Colombia also not being in the World Cup. Yeah, I think it's myself, a uh, guy from Ecuador. Uh, a guy from Mexico, and then a guy from Ghana. And I think that's the only five. And then there's two other guys, I think, who have the potential to go to Belgium. Yeah, Mike Trezor and Brian Hainan. So I think those two are, yeah. Who is the Mexican guy? Is it, Ar- is it Arteaga? Yeah, Eduardo Arteaga. Yeah. And the Ecuadorian guy is Preciado. Was he on that initial preliminary roster? for? I believe so. I believe yeah. so. Um, so he's been, I think, at the... Yeah, all throughout the qualification period and then now uh, this last window. So, um, yeah, I think it's only about five or six guys who will be, be leaving for the World Cup uh, potentially. So, yeah, quite a few. You know, I think we have a period free then. So, the rest of the guys will take some time off. When you were playing, did you have did you have quite a few guys when you, you know, per, okay, say it's like an international, did you have quite a few guys leaving? Or did you have only, it was like one, two no, guys? No, like, like, seriously, when I was at Hansa Rostock and we were in the Bundesliga, there was maybe one other guy, maybe two. So one other, one guy getting called into, to, uh, can't remember which African nation. Um, and then one guy that was from Montenegro. So when I would leave for any camp, it was almost like when I came back, I came back to like hostility every time yep. from the staff, yep. from the club, just because when international break goes, maybe you get maybe you get a Saturday and Sunday off, or maybe you get three days off in there, but they're training, right? And a coach right. who's part of a club that doesn't have, you know, you Bayern Munich, it's like it, the locker room's empty, you know? But at, at my club, it was only me consistently going uh, and leaving. And so like, I'd come back to being like, oh yeah, you missed it. You missed, you've been missing training. And I'd be like, oh. Like, isn't this supposed Thanks. to be like a good thing for the club? But it was always, it was literally always that attitude of like, yeah, but you, you've been missing, we've been here training and you, you've been gone from the players who would kind of like jab you, but there was a little bit more to those little jabs, you know, being like, oh yeah, must be nice. Must be nice. And then to yeah, the staff being like, jab, yeah, like, we've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then also knowing that you're an international, they always just assumed you had a bigger contract and you, you know, because you got bought, they're going to, there's just all these little details that come into you being a privileged one on a team full of that have a lot of domestic players, right? And so for me, that was that was the uh, 
it was actually really hard and stressful when I would go back because it, it just always felt like it was being used against me. And it definitely was by the staff at times, but other guys also would just see it as like, uh, like nobody asked like, Oh, how'd it go? You know, nobody ever asked me what, like my, what it was like in the national team. It was just like, come back and, and you're having to like play, play catch up. Cause you miss, you missed all the days of class type of thing, you know? Right. 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 And I think also, I don't think people realize, and, and we've touched on it in previous pods is how intense that week is usually of guys who didn't get selected for international duty, primarily because they're already upset they weren't selected, right? And on top of that, it's only a couple of days off, like you said. And then you're essentially training kind of just to train because you don't have a week probably for a, a match for another week and a half, two weeks, you know? And it's similar to that day after the game training, but now you just multiply that by like three or four and now you got a bunch of angry, pissed off guys competing, you know, until the next match, you know, the next match week and you, and you can prepare for, for the matches as the guys roll in. So, yeah, it's it's very hostile environment. I've been in it before and uh, it's not not, 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 the, not the most fun. Yeah, it's definitely not. And it's one of the hard things about and, and, and I know people go into this route a lot about playing in Europe versus playing in MLS. Playing in MLS was just such a much more family environment. Maybe it's different now because you have just a, a different level of, of competitiveness or, or whatever, but it's always felt like a little more, you know, cultural and the influx is generally kind of your, your Latin players. And, and that vibes well, I think in locker rooms in Europe, it was just felt a lot more. I felt like a foreigner all the time. Like I felt, mm -hmm. and I had my friends, like I had friends I'd go to coffee with. I had friends I have dinner with, have nights over. We'd play video games. We do all kinds of things that you do with, with friends. But generally, the mood in the locker room, I felt almost every single day like I was an outsider looking in for, for not, not in Denmark. Denmark was different. Like as soon as I was in Denmark, everybody welcomed me and everything was good. As soon as I got to Germany, though, and, and obviously the pressure was higher, the, the money was bigger, the bonuses were bigger, and it created this environment that was very much like you do your job the best that you can, you bring it all together to make a team. But I never felt like I was even welcomed from start to finish. Even after I spoke German, it still felt like a struggle where either I was like battling to get respect from my teammates or battling to get respect from 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 the staff and all that sort of stuff. So I can I can certainly understand all of that. Uh, you know, for you looking at just th this this national team, it's really hard to predict timing of things, right? We look at guys and in, in injuries. We look at coming out of the last camp where the team, I think, struggled to play in, 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 a, in a few different ways, but still had some some bright moments for, for, for some people. Is any of that playing into your, your club situation right now? We're seeing, because around the world, you're seeing big name players pull up with a hamstring or a quad or whatever, and you see tears, right? It's, there is like, no matter what you do, there is nothing like, than playing for the national team, nothing like being uh, in contention to 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 make a World Cup squad and coming down to this. Like timing is is everything. Have, do you think about that at all, or is it just sort of out of your hands at this point? Yeah, I mean, when uh, for example, like I was I was watching the Man U game when Varane got injured, and uh, I think my girlfriend asked like, "Oh, well, well why is he crying? Like, I, I get is it a serious injury or?" I was like, yeah, maybe an injury, but the World Cup is right here, you know. So anything is, yeah, yeah, anything is essentially major, you know. With anything that could set you back or or pull you back from potentially playing for your national team, it is scary. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a thought I think in everybody's head of you want to be there so bad that you don't want to risk anything, but you also know that you have a job to do on a weekly basis on the weekend, you know, come match come match day. So yeah, it plays, I think, a part in your head, but I think it's realistically, you can't do anything about it, right? It's it's out of your control. You do what you can, you know, you focus on the week as it comes, you focus on doing essentially following your routine that you've followed for the last, uh, whatever, five months. And and from there, you just trust and lean on that, you know, and outside of that, you can't really do much more. You know, there's freak things are going to happen and uh, you're going to have, I mean, look, shoot, we still have three weeks, you know, until guys start leaving for the World Cup. And, and unfortunately, stuff is going to happen, you know, uh, but that's the, the reality of it. So, yeah, you do what you can. You focus on on sticking to, to what's gotten you where you are. And, and after that, bro, it's, yeah, you can't do anything about it. So You certainly can't. You been paying attention to any of the, any of, uh, the playoffs, MLS playoffs? Of course, man. Of course, I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep tabs. It's tough because some of the time differences. But yeah, I've been watching the the highlights back. Um, and I think they're even showing some of the games here on the the TV service I have. So uh, when they have the afternoon matches, I'm able to catch them. You know, in the evenings here. So yeah, now we're down to our final four. This the conference finals now, right? You know, with Austin, LA, Philly, and New York City. So yeah, my boys in Philly. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, you think you'd be a starter this year there? I mean, they got a good defense. Listen, man, I think I'd be a starter, man. I'm not going to hold you, bro. You know, I think I uh, have confidence in myself. Look, uh, you know why I'm here, you know? <laughs> we yeah, want to lift okay. trophies, man. So uh, that's the competitor All in me, right. man. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair because they got, man, people talk about that defense. They're scoring Listen, goals for defense fun, Defense wins so championships. This yeah. defense wins championships. All right. I get we scoring goals. I get the goal differential is great, you know, but they also letting the least amount of goals, I think, in like like league history or something. Uh Dre got goalkeeper of the year. Uh Jacob got defender of the year. We had Kai also in there for defender of the year finalist. Coach Curtin got coach of the year. The Shiggy Smith coach of the year. Yeah. Yeah, man. Come on, you know. Yeah. Well, listen. I know you're busy. I mean, let's be honest. I'm busy too, okay? Just in different ways. Not as cool ways, not as important of ways, but you know. No, it's important, Heath. No, Heath, it is important. It, it, okay, fine. It is important. I'm a very important man, you know? Like I got, I got, uh, I got, <laughs> actually it's Thursday, so there's no kids sports today, but I had to take them to tennis yesterday. They had soccer the day before. Like I, my, my time is very, very valuable. So, you know, I don't, I don't want it to seem like, uh, Yours is more important to mine. It's different time zones. My day's just getting started. Your day is wrapping up, but I know you got more stuff to do. Exactly. Speaking of willing it, we're all willing it into existence, like putting out that energy out there that, that uh, you can make this late run, knowing that has been a wild 18 months for you from a transfer to uh, the national team to your, your club situation. And, and we're hoping that this sprint here in the next few weeks uh, gets you to where you want to go. And it's just another step in the journey, regardless of how it plays out. But we're 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 uh we're hoping for you, man. No, I appreciate you guys. You know, you guys have been some of my biggest supporters. So uh yeah, to everybody listening as well. I appreciate the support through this journey, man. It's been up and down the last, yeah, eighteen months. But hopefully you can round out twenty twenty two with uh trip to trip to Qatar and uh yeah, a memorable a memorable uh ride with the team. Mm. So I like that. Well they say it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, but it's not a marathon, it's a sprint at this point. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're getting to the end of that. We gotta turn that into a sprint. Last four hundred meters. Let's go. But we appreciate all of you 
supporting this podcast. Obviously, a part of this was 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 to be able to follow Mark on this journey, and uh, it's been a, it's been a great one. We've had some great guests. And we plan to keep this thing going. But we appreciate all of you tuning in to listen to this episode. And until next time, peace out from Mark McKenzie, Keith Pierce. Thanks so much, Matt Flores, our producer. Appreciate you. Appreciate everyone listening. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace. peace.